Hey friends, there's a few dates in particular coming up, which I'd like to see as many 12 and a half as possible in the next few months. Um, March 15th and 16th, I'll be headlining Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. Uh, April 5th, I'll be at the Last Best Comedy Club in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I'd love it if we could get some 12 and a half in the crowd for those, uh, those particular dates. And the first week of May, I'll be at the MGM in Las Vegas. Be fun to party with you there. TJ will be in Syracuse February 16th and 17th. Raleigh, North Carolina, the Improv, March 8th and 9th. And uh, if you want more details about his dates, go to tjmillerdoesnothaveawebsite.com. And enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. You know I like old t-shirts. I keep most of mine under a tire iron in the trunk of my car. But now there's a better way. T-Fury. It's the original pop culture t-shirt destination. Selling unique designs every day since 2008. Are you missing a shirt from the past and want to get it again? Head to the T-Fury Gallery. Who knows what you might find there? Maybe that John Rambo shirt you've been missing. Maybe that Michael McDonald shirt. Who knows? T-Fury covers all your favorite topics. They get everything from sci-fi, TV, movies. All the shirts are a perfect complement to the long or short Jonathans you might be wearing. So check it out. Also, don't forget about T-Fury After Hours sale. If you miss the day's shirt by only a little, they keep the sale going into the wee hours of the morning just for you. So check out tfury.com forward slash Nerdist and see what today's shirt is all about. Now entering Nerdist.com. Answering the questions you don't have. Deep conversations in the shallow end. Two men with lots of ideas and less than an hour. Intelligent-ish. This is Cashing In with T.J. Miller. Welcome to Cashing In. I'm Cash Levy, part two of our Abercrombie and Fitch episode. In fact, I'm still at Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, hanging out with T.J. Miller. Apparently, he was Employee of the Month here back in 1983 and also again in 1994. Now, he's being chewed out by the boss in one of the back rooms uh, because we did the first part of the uh, of this episode uh, uh, last week. In fact, stop right now if you haven't heard the first part. It's essential that you listen to the first section of this episode to understand the second part. Um, none of this will make any sense. Uh, and all of it will make complete sense if you go back and listen to the first one, the first Abercrombie and Fitch episode. But TJ is just coming out right now, and apparently he was being chewed out by the boss. Boss didn't appreciate us doing a podcast on the uh, the floor where people were trying to return items from the holiday season, even as late as uh, February. And uh, TJ, are you all right? Did you get fired? Well, I just got my ass handed to me. Oof. I don't know what Ouch. happened. I, I laughed my ass off at that Midwestern precious thing that you mm -hmm. said, life being not as precious there. I laughed my ass off. I guess it was over in the sweater section. Yeah. So I had to go back in there, and he handed it right to me. Your ass? Yes. Ooh, wow. I asked him to tear me a second asshole. Said he just handed my ass to me. Well, while you were over said there. Said this one's already got an asshole on it. <laughs> while you were over there, I looked it up, and... Uh, Centipedes have any, anywhere from 20 legs to 300 legs. There's 8,000 species of it's centipedes. All, some of them just 300 have legs. That's a lot of legs. Do you think the ones with the 20s get leg envy? They, I, they do. I'm sure they get leg envy. Well, just my luck. But if you're going to buy... 20 legs, and then this girl's got 300. It's, it's, How can I compare with that? If she runs away when I try and kiss her, I'll never catch up. <laughs> Boom. I'm the centipede that sounds like Bruby the dog. You know, it's it's the Olympics uh, coming up, and you know, reminds <laughs> reminds one of best transition I've ever heard well, in the history of podcasts. Reminds one of I'm the centipede that sounds like <laughs> Bruby the dog. Well, the Olympics are coming up, and what <laughs> I was just saying, if if Tanya Harding had gone after, if centipedes skated, mm -hmm. that would have been a much 
tougher road to hoe if you're trying to it's Nancy so Kerrigan. Expensive, yeah. I mean, like it's not just one leg you'd want to leg you'd want to take out. You'd have to take out three hundred legs. Isn't that crazy? Did she pay someone? The to... fact that that happened still seems crazy to me. Did that really happen? Did she pay someone to hit? Nancy Kerrigan in the way. Yes, with a crowbar. Name. Or she didn't quite know about the scheme, I guess, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it was her like husband or that Joey yeah. Buttafuoco. Joe it was a Joey Buttafuoco. Jeff Kalulli. No. I think. I think that was his I think name. it was Joey Buttafuoco. I don't think so. I don't think so. Are you but sure? I, all I'm saying is I can't believe that even happened. But look, let's get back to the point here. I'm trying to return a gift and that's really why I'm here. Can you just okay, take yeah, it back? Yeah, sure. Let's just open it. Yeah. Who was it? Yeah. It was Joey Buttafuoco. I knew it from the start. <laughs> Wait, this is uh, this is an Abercrombie and Fitch knitted cotton jeans. Okay, yeah. Uh, that I gave to you. Oh, uh, what this holiday Who, season? You that was your gift to me. Yep. I, oh my gosh, I, I feel got so you embarrassed. A knitted, a knitted cardigan jeans. I feel so embarrassed. I so they button all the way up to right where your penis is just barely covered. You can just see a little neck. Oh my gosh! Well, I, I, I you know, I like the sweater vest. Yeah, I know that pants. you like that. I like the sweater wondering. vest. Yeah, pants. but I, I don't understand why you would. Why didn't you just tell me? I don't like a collar on you my didn't pants. Like them and I could. I don't really like else. the collar on okay, my pants. Fine, fine, fine. fine. But I, I don't want to be mean about it. I feel bad now. I didn't know you gave me that gift. Well, I did. Oh, boy. So I guess that's what the entire uh, 12 and a half have been waiting for, to see, to hear me feel pretty ashamed that I gave you a gift, and now you're not only you're not even re-gifting it. Uh, At least I re-gifted them. Wait a second. <gasps> what? what? Who the... What the... How the... What the... Horton? You re-gifted this to me? Someone gave that to you? Oh, no, 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 no. I spoke too soon. I shouldn't have spoken. You spoke at all. out of turn. That's what you did. I did. You know what I have to say to you? Your kind ain't welcome in these parts. <laughs> oh no! Let me just get the crispy beans to go. All I'm saying is, you can't. You, you're allowed to drive in the snow, right? At, at speeds of sixty to seventy to eighty miles an hour, and it's perfectly legal in the snow, mm-hmm. sliding all over in four thousand pound vehicles. But you're not allowed to have two drinks. At the same time in Utah. Now, is there something strange going on? It's a, that's what I'm saying. It's Nietzsche says we need to reevaluate all of our values. Is that mm. is it better to have two? Yeah. Is it better to never say the N word out loud and to admonish people from saying the N word, but then to walk past an African American homeless man and not even make eye contact with him or give him a dollar? Which do you think he would appreciate more? Mm. I'll bet which, which value is more important? Yeah. Helping out another human being or not saying a negative slur about them? And lots of people would say, well, why not do both? And my question is, why not? Now what, America? <laughs> now what? Checkmate. Checkmate, America. <laughs> Checkmate. You're not using that enough. I love that. I think it's the funniest we've thing. Gotta be, we've got to start you doing need all to, the time. You need to do it. You, there was one episode where you said you were going to say checkmate all the time, and you haven't done it since. Well, I'm, I, trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm, keep am, the dream right. alive by saying it. I'm, I'm trying to remind you to do it. Because I did enjoy that. I thought I'm that was interesting. You, you probably could have got out of that argument with your boss a few seconds ago if you had just said checkmate. Well, we also decided that you have to say something. I don't know when I, when my, my buddy Nick Vatterot he mm. was uh, he was talking about I, he goes because we were talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman's death which is really uh, it's a tragedy it's untimely uh, and they think it was from heroin and I said well do you think he was shooting heroin I because th- I you know I have friends who've smoked it you know and uh, can you overdose from heroin from smoking it and uh, Nick goes. Uh, I'd go on the side of it's heroin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, that was a real checkmate moment. It's like, I've can said you, it before. Can you, can you snort heroin until you have an overdose? Yes. And I'd say the reason I know is because it's heroin. I know. Checkmate. I've, I've, I've said it before. There's really no heroin success stories, you know? Yeah. It's true. No one goes, you know, I was really losing Bob it. Bob really turned his life around. Uh, yeah. I, what was it? Do you know? I heard it was heroin. <laughs> Yeah, I started, I was having a tough time. I, I, I was really unhappy. I was depressed. Then I started doing heroin. I felt better. I, I had more energy. 
So I started going out and really accomplishing my goals. Yeah, exactly. I'm are sure there timely deaths? Is that uh, like if someone, are there timely deaths? Because you said it was an untimely no, death. Nobody ever says that, right? No one ever That's goes, she was 95. Says. It was really it's a timely, timely death. Pretty yeah. timely. I think it was. It came or, or it, it was past its time. It was perfect timing this for, was, our, for our party. For, for, like, we, you know, we were able to work around it with our party. It was a it was a golf outing, and we it was a perfect timely, timing. We were actually in the clubhouse death. between the nine holes. It was just a timely death. Yeah, it was timely. Look, I wanted to finish up with a where were you? Just tell you, I took my son fishing out on the pier. We hung it, we hung it, and dangled what, it. What is and that I was about? noticing. And you went, um, so you went dick fishing? No, we, we were just we were fishing off the pier, me and my son, and we kind of were trying to learn from the other fishermen out there. And the bait now, I mean, people were using squid and shrimp really? and this kind of thing. And I think at a certain point. I, dude, maybe you should just eat the bait and not bother with the fish. Right, you've you know? got so much shrimp. You've got, I mean, you've got some just pretty shrimp. Barbecue. When you're throwing out, you know, when you're throwing out there like a lobster claw, mm-hmm. or you're dropping down a paella on a hook, that's a tough one. It's, it's a paella it's mixed. That's what I think. That's what makes it funny. Seafood and rice. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be. You'd have to have instead of a hook, you need a ladle. I think that's why it's you're funny. Just fishing with a ladle. Ladle fishing. Ladle fishing. Yeah. Is is a net sort of a ladle with holes? <laughs> a net is the worst ladle that there can be. I mean, I, I'd be interested if the 12 and a half have ideas as to what would be worse than a net as far as... It's a like bad a ladle. A it's butter, a bad ladle. A butterfly catching net is the worst ladle. A stick with a net attached to it is just a really bad ladle. The worst ladle you can have is a concave, or maybe. A concave bowl where you put the, the, the handle on the wrong end. Yeah. So you're trying to ladle, but it's just running off the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> you have to sort of ladle upwards. And I guess that would only be if, if there's a way to have a pot of soup on the ceiling where it wouldn't come crashing down. I, I think down. the worst ladle is a nine iron. You still think, yeah, you think a golf club a is golf the worst A golf club is a ladle. bad ladle. That's yeah. all it is. It's hard to eat off a golf club. It's hard to eat off a golf club. Next time you go golfing, turn to your friend and say, hey, that's a hell of a club, but one fuck of a terrible ladle. (laughs) Time now for a section we like to call Essential Questions of Human Nature. Essentially, this is Essential Questions of Human Nature. How How many fishing poles is too many, you know, where it's just not even fair? I mean, these guys had like six poles each. Where really you are basically throwing, where it is almost a net at that point. And so they're just putting, all six of them are sort of have hooks in the yeah, water Yeah, I'm, at the I'm more time. of a one, I think you should only have one fishing pole per person. Yeah, fishing I don't, shouldn't be about volume, should, Yeah, I don't it shouldn't be Leave like that up to the fishermen. Right, right. Right? I mean, and then that, that, what's the fun of having six going and you're like, yeah, I caught two fish today. Uh, obviously, I tried with uh, about 48 different baits and... I had six poles going at any one time. That's not that impressive. <laughs> Where's the sense of accomplishment? You yeah, know? I, I don't think it's... It's like, let me put it this way. If uh, if you're a centipede and you have 300 legs and you can do a little dance with three or four of them, you can really do the shuffle step or the foxtrot, is it that impressive? You've got so many mm-hmm. other legs. Yeah. Yeah, we have that 300 might be the legs. worst insect analogy when it comes to fishing poles <laughs> I've done, but I don't have a lot of practice in it. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Essential questions of human nature. We're going to do another one. Um, the Oscars is coming up, and I, when I looked at the nominations, is is it getting to the point where all of the decisions are made based on how much weight someone? Basically, we're voting. The Oscars is all about diet now. It's all about really. It's a dieting show. It's like mm-hmm. the people that win lost or gain the most weight. You know, it's because everyone can say, oh, he lost thirty five pounds for that. He lost forty five pounds for that role or whatever. Okay, see, so that, like, was, that was yeah, an gained- essential. Speaking of essential questions, you left out a pretty essential part of that question. The question, which mark? is. Because how it sounded was might have been a tiny. It's opinion. all about no, no. But it's all about <laughs> it's all about how much weight you lost or gained. But you didn't say for a role. Yeah. For so a role. I thought that you were just saying like, yeah, they gave it to her because she lost about ten pounds after she had the baby. 
<laughs> just like in general, how much people weigh. <laughs> Nothing to do with the acting. Yeah, for no, the role. I, I Don't think, you think it becomes too big of a factor? Well, well it gained 40 pounds for that role. It took a lot of courage. No, it took a lot of, pizza. of beef. Yeah, it took a lot of beef and pizza. Lots of beef in his face. A lot of it's paella. Sweet, beefy, on a hook. Yeah, a lot of nugget in a, in a bucket with Buckets a straw. Buckets of nugget. That's what it took. He, yeah, a lot of courage took. He really to commit to the role. He starved himself. Yeah, no, he... You know, the, the role was supposed to be at that level, and he wanted to lose a little weight anyway, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm cutting weight, and it is the least fun thing ever, but I don't think it's any... People aren't like, that's incredible, man. I'm so proud of you. You deserve an Oscar. It's like, no, I'm just kind of trying to look like a scrawny stoner drug dealer Yeah. in this next role. Are you really? Oh, yeah. I mean, have you lost weight? Yeah. Wow, okay. Are you... That's not the best question. If someone looks at you, no, you know, I didn't I've been mean cutting weight. Yeah, but it came across exactly that way. I just like no, it really it doesn't was bother more... me. But it is funny to go. No, no. Are are you losing weight? Yeah, really. No, no, no. Because yeah, you, I know it sounded that you way. Couldn't look more bloated. <laughs> I did. You look like you ate a, another smaller man. Yeah, I I know it sounded that way. I want to clarify uh, publicly and just say that the reason I said it that way is because you just did that pretty recently. So I was I just weight, I was surprised I, you had to do it again. No, I had to gain a bunch of weight for this HBO okay, show. Okay. And then so you're going I back and lose forth. it all again and it's very hard when you're having fun on the road or with a woman. It's just a tough one to say no to late night mm-hmm. Cobb salads, especially if there's two full loaves of bread in the salad cut in half. Or giant croutons. And it's mostly chicken. Yeah, it's mostly chicken. If you're crouton, if, if you're, you're crouton... It's larger than the bowl of salad you're eating. You may be eating a sandwich. You might be eating some bread. If you your might. crouton is not dry. You and- may have a messy sandwich. If it is moist <laughs> bread that you purchased from Jimmy John's. All I'm saying is I think Jenny Craig probably should have won the first Oscar. Yeah, because she lost yeah, a lot of weight for that role in the commercial. You're right. You're right. Um, you know. And right, so I got an essential question. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I'm wondering why don't more people, uh, why don't more people leave a little extra money in the meter? Everybody's trying to spend the least amount of money, save that quarter, and then maybe they get a ticket. Why not max out your meter? And if you don't use the whole thing. You immediately make somebody's day. Just a very small part of their day. But how excited do we get when we get to a, one of the meters with the green light? That, my friends, is a practical living in the modern age. Is that? In an inefficient and out-of-date way, we bring you practical living in the modern how age. dare you bring this shit into that section? <laughs> that wasn't an essential no, question. No, you're right, though. You are speaking much yang right now. This is too much yang. You won't, I won't have any more of this yang talking. <laughs> Um, Go on, though. I like this. I like where you're no, going I with think this. It, if you're going to spend, what does it cost? Another 75 cents or a dollar. And you know that if you leave early and there's still 40 minutes in the meter, what a great feeling to pull up to a meter and it already has the amount of time that you need. You don't have to put any money into it. It's much better than leaving an umbrella somewhere. Or, you know, there's so many other things you can do. So that's that's my one practical living in the modern age. It's just give somebody a smile or lift up their day by putting a little too much money in the meter. Uh, second practical living in the modern age is, um, you know, leave – if there's a take a penny, leave a penny. Leave a couple dimes mm. and a nickel. Don't leave quarters or dollars because I think the people at the establishment might take them. Leave a little more money than, than you really – you got a couple dimes. What are you going to do with them, you know? Nothing much. So just put them in there because there's always got to be somebody who goes, I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't have 10 cents. Well, there it is right there. in the But, but this is coming there. from somebody that, that very easily makes a lot of money winning carnival games. Yeah. Well, I lose I mean, so you're, it's a little bit hypocritical for you well, to say I for do people sometimes to- sometimes is I put about two or three nickels in there and I take all the pennies, <laughs> use them on the penny plate. <laughs> I'm going to do a practical living in the modern age okay. and I think- this is sort of an interesting thing. I, I've i been doing some soul searching the last uh, three or four months. And uh, I've come to the conclusion that most people, part of the problem in terms of people's unhappiness is the assumption that everyone else is happy. 
I think most people, not every, there's a lot of people that aren't super happy. You look at the self-help section at the bookstore. Oh, yeah. You look at, uh, you know, the amount of people trying to with, get involved with self-improvement on one level or another. And people aren't, everyone's got problems. And I think part of what makes people depressed is the assumption that everyone else out there is happy. Well, the biggest one is. And, and that's, that's sort of an advertising thing almost. That's, but yeah, well, it's an advertising thing in part. I mean, I've got a lot to say about this because in part it's an advertising situation where the, how do I put this? It's everybody is telling you, if you just had this, you'd be as happy as these people that you're seeing really happy on the television. Also, I think the celebrity worship thing involves this strange idea that if you're rich and you're famous in America, you're happy when in reality, you're usually less happy. And we've talked about this than somebody who's living middle-class kind of hand to foot is just trying to survive, but isn't always in need or want. And that really is true. Most of the very wealthy people that I know are pretty unhappy and empty. And the reason they're unhappy is because they have all these things that other people expect would make them happy and right. themselves happy. Right. And they don't have it and they can't complain about it because people are like, oh, boo-hoo, you have so much money. But the, I mean, I, I recently have just been in circles with billionaires and hundred millionaires and People that have quite a bit of money. People that have enough to leave a, a quarter, even. They could leave a quarter. Yeah. yeah. In and, the penny jar. And they, uh, you know, they just aren't any happier. For the most part, they're less happy. Well, and that's, I mean, lately, my thing that I've been talking about is how the only people of great, the only thing that people of great wealth inherit is a poor work ethic. And if you don't have a great work ethic, you're never going to have any self of efficacy or accomplishment. Because if you're not working for the money that you make, it doesn't matter. It might as well. You'll take it for granted just like we all take air for granted or water for granted. Mm -hmm. We don't take water for granted as much anymore, but we definitely take air that we're breathing for granted. And so you don't feel like you've achieved anything by getting that air, you know? If you're sure you'll get to the top of a mountain and it's very clear air, you go, oh, the air up here is so wonderful. But that's the only time you'll really appreciate it. But achievement is only one. That was a great mountain to wealth analogy. Yeah, it was a good mountain mountain. Pleased analogy. with it. It was, it was Did a, a lot better than my analogy in part one of this. Yeah, you've done maybe 10 mountain analogies in the you think this catching is in with T.J. Miller. And I think that was in the top. One of the it was close to the peak. Wow, close to the peak. Because I did one that really felt like a summit, but that there was much more to go. Uh, that was a false peak, actually. Yeah, false peak. Uh, the, that other one, but that one, this one, this was. Do you a like good false one. peak or false summit better? False peak. You do because I think what you're you're kind of peaking over the top, going, mm -hmm. I made it, and then as soon as you get a little peak of it, you you're peaking, you're being a peeping tom, and Tom just found out he hasn't made it to the top of the mountain. <laughs> The false peak is really disappointed. Have you climbed some mountains? Yeah, it's I've really disappointing when you think you've made yeah. it to the top and you look over and you see that that was. Sometimes I just pretend it's the peak and I turn to whoever is behind me and go, "We did it!" And it's not that great of a view. Let's head back down. <laughs> I took this course. It wasn't a course. It was, uh, like I said, I was searching. I, I, I was. I took this course. It wasn't a course. It was. It was a hike. I took a hike. We're, I'm going back to the uh, to the happiness thing. I. I went to this thing in, in Venice uh, where we did our vision boards for yeah. next year. It was a little bit cheesy. But That's I just thought super it'd be interesting, cheesy. Where you actually take – it's very cheesy. Well, I did yeah, – But everyone went around the, room, around the room and explained what they wanted to happen in the following year. And what most people – My mother were, went around the womb and explained it, yeah, what she wanted to happen. Some people went around the womb too. To her children, yeah. yeah. Um, and most people said they wanted to find love or to make a lot of money. Really? And um, to me, it seemed like it'd be easier with all this talk of uh, the secrets and all this, you know, yeah, yeah. stuff about how they were going to achieve their goals. It'd be easier to be satisfied with what you have rather than keep trying to strive for just, more. I was just going to say, and this is Epicurean. And I'm not saying you shouldn't this work hard and enjoy, origin. But, but let me just finish one thing you were saying about achievement. Achievement's just one way humans can feel happy. And for and 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 I feel like with the self help stuff, it's like it the, the the tacit thing is you're not you're not good enough. 
That's the message in that whole section of the store. You're not good enough as you are. No, if you're satisfied with how you're being good enough as you are, then all that other stuff is a bonus. If you're happy with what you have, then you'll never be unhappy with what you need. You'll never... Mm -hmm. So if you're unhappy about everything that you have, you won't be unhappy that you need more, you know? Or unhappy because you want something yeah. else. It would it would be easier to learn how to be grateful, yeah. then and well, appreciate what the you gra- have. The gratefulness than to keep trying to fix yourself when you're probably not the, broken the, the, in the first place. The gratefulness. A lot of people are broken and probably need help. I, I don't think they're they're improving themselves in the ways that are important. So, That's well, what I'm saying. Okay. The self You may be right about thing. that. But the self improvement thing. Those books. If a book is worth its salt in being a book, a lot of these books are made from salt. And so if you've got a good salt book, yeah, it's true. No, that's true. Yeah. And if, if you got it, then it's going to be telling you like, be happy with the money that you're making. Don't buy into it is, it's this capitalist consumer society, which it drives our economy, but also makes it pretty tough to sort of, I don't know, kind of like, I don't know. I just got a little self-conscious. Are you kind of looking at the weight that I gained for the role? No. Okay. No, I just like that sweater vest. Because I'm happy with what I have. I just think it's an attractive on my sweater. body. I don't all I'm need saying is anymore. I don't think pants should have a collar. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like you guys are selling a lot of that here at Abercrombie and Fitch. Look, collared pants are the new in thing. I don't okay? like a pants with a collar on. A lot of people come in, they say colored pants. Yeah, I know you got all kinds of colors. They say no, <laughs> these pants have a collar on them. And if you're real cool, you pop the collar, and it looks like you're wearing a belt that is just a cape, like kind of being flown upwards. Look. Here's the thing. Now, I hope I don't contradict myself too much here because I just said that everyone should be satisfied with who they are. That being said, we are not all equal. Some people are superior to others. For example, the lead singer White of White people. <laughs> no, no. The lead singer of U2, uh, I believe his name is uh, Bono. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. He is superior to me in every way. He is. He's, he's a better... Like, if you think you're equal to all other people, look at that guy's life. Come on. And seriously, he's a better be, person than me. He is. And you I'm not saying that. that. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm better than other people like yourself. So it's... What if he masturbated on a, on a homeless person at one well, point? Well, that might change the skill. Have you ever I, done that? No. So not, then, not recently. So not then recently. if he has, then he's not a better person than you. He's a... He's or raised millions of dollars. Or is it bad to masturbate on a homeless how can person? You look your, how can you really think you're equal to him? He's raised millions of dollars for charity. For which charities? He's wonderfully for the homelessness? I'm not sure which charities. Because he's. if he was raising money for homelessness and he wasn't asking the homeless people if they would rather have money and food or to be ejaculated on by the lead singer <laughs> of U2, he may have missed out a lot. Maybe you're he's taking not this to a very dark place. You think. I don't understand the darkness of this. <laughs> Why can't we just be honest? Some people like to be masturbated onto. Why is it so gross? I'm trying to this make sure I'm talking serious? about a revaluation of values. Why does that have to be bad, but it's I'm, okay to not give money to charity if you make more than you need? I'm trying to make the most serious point in the history of the show. And, and I'm talking trying about to ask you to totally revaluate all of your values. <laughs> I'm saying there's certain people you look at and you're like, that guy really is like got it all. You're you want me to tell you what's happening? Okay. I'm asking you to reevaluate okay. in the Nietzschean manner all of your values. What you think is dark is mm-hmm. a dark sort of approach to things, what's good, what's bad, what makes him a better person than you? That he's given you given all this money to charity? Has he given it to the right charities? What would you have done with the movie? Is he a good family man? You, you might be a much better family man than I him. I might have qualities that are better than him. Much, much better than I him. I might. And the qualities that you think make him better than you, you need to revalue those and decide if they really are as valuable. It's a pretty big barometer, though, to say that he's. you have a guy that's pretty much changed the world. Right. And I'm, I'm not even a, a huge fan of the, of the... Why is changing the world more important than making making some homeless person's dream come true <laughs> by ejaculating on them? I'm sorry, but I've been to a couple fetish clubs, and I made a woman very happy, happier than any nation state could ever be as a whole by licking her ankles, her ankles and her calves. And then I, my lady friend walked on the back of a man 
in her bare feet and he ejaculated as it was happening and he said this this is the best moment of my life now people like that probably are prone to superlatives and hyperbole but across the board why is that have any less value than bono trying to change you know the the political climate which is already so fucked i don't know how much progress he made and then he dies on a skiing accident <laughs> right how valuable <laughs> Can you be using your time uh, if you're skiing so recklessly? He must have been from the goddamn Midwest. That's how little <laughs> preciousness he assigned to his life that he was skiing so dangerously. What value is there in that? A man who has the potential and the power to change the world, and he just fucking skied into a goddamn tree and killed himself. This, this whole episode feels like one big misunderstanding. It is a misunderstanding of what people hold dear and value highest, and they misunderstand that they're not questioning any of these presuppositions. There's no answers. There's merely hidden hidden presuppositions, which are of the heathens. Let's move along to tiny opinions. No. I will. Stop it. Stop the tape, Ryan. I've had enough of it. I'm so glad. I don't understand why Ryan's at Abercrombie and Fitch. I love that he's here. I like that he came with I brought him in as a stock boy, and he's quickly become the general manager. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to watch a friend that you bring in at a lower level ascend within hours to being your boss. (laughs) But I guess that is the theme of Gulliver's Travels, the Jack Black 3D film that did splendidly in Malaysia, (laughs) and uh, of which I propelled the part in the plot. You propelled it? I was the one who ascended from his underling to his boss and then fired him. Wow. Tiny opinions. You, you, Though they are, in you, fact, see the normal-sized men, they have tiny opinions. Here's my tiny opinion. I don't think that Bono is a better person than you. Well, thanks, buddy. I, I his wanna... name is Bono. You already have a very untraditional name, Cash. That's true. That's true. Which do you think that that's affected? I, I don't, wonder want, if that's I don't think you should feel your... sorry for me because Bono's a better person than do, me. Do you, you think... shouldn't feel sorry for me? I don't feel sorry. I don't feel for sorry you. for myself, but I do think he's a superior human being. Well, I feel sorry for you that those are your values. Well, I mean, and you know, maybe the scandal will break out where we'll find out something where I, I can I can realize, you know, maybe that you find killed out that Bono. I'm, yeah, maybe that I'm. Well, that's not where I was going, but that, that maybe I am better than him as a person. I think so. But then you're again valuing. You're saying, well, he's no longer a good person because of this, this and this. It but just, some people are better what than makes others. a good person. Uh, look, there are better. There are if, if there's people that have killed lots of people. And I, I think I feel I feel secure feeling like I'm a better person. But who than are they killing people? Now, let's just say a uh, serial killer. Uh-huh. I feel I feel like I can say I think I'm superior to a serial killer. What if there's a serial killer who killed three or four other people? Three of the four of the ten people he killed were molesting or abusing children. Three or four out of the ten? Now, that's less than half. <laughs> yeah. Just but to... he's saving each of those children from a life of abuse and maybe giving them some feeling right. well, of retribution. Trying, this is an interesting hypothetical, but... but... Yeah, I mean, there's different hypotheticals where I'd have to weigh each one. You're right. And so my hypothetical, this particular because one, you don't believe it's as possible as somebody just killing innocent people. I would still say it's superior to someone that kills uh, 10 people, regardless of what, the, of what it is. No, not regardless, but if, what if well, it's three 10, of them were What if molesting? it's 10 terrorists? What if that person, just by chance, killed 10 people who are terrorist cells living in the United States? Well, that would be an act of war, I guess, those murders. Uh, and would that be a, an act of valor to kill those who would have killed hundreds? Yes. So that person would be superior to you, a person that killed 10 people. Superior? They had the opportunity to kill those 10. I didn't have the opportunity. Do you think if you had the opportunity, you would have killed those 10 people? Indeed, I would kill 10 people. <laughs> if. And here's my result. Indeed, I would. If they were going to kill others. Result. I think I'm a better person than you. You because wouldn't. I wouldn't kill any of those people. Even though they were going to kill. I think murder is wrong. Even though you were, they were going to Sorry. This may be my last podcast. <laughs> you serial killing bloodthirsty <laughs> monster. Listen, I'm going to get a, a tiny opinion here. And I think you're going to agree with this. Because okay. you've disagreed with everything I've said all day. I haven't disagreed with it. I just think you've been wrong every single time you've spoken. <laughs> 
uh, here's one thing we can be grateful for. Um, and people, I think America's got really lucky with our neighbors. Really lucky. <laughs> I like that. Really lucky. I win. Yeah. Our neighbors are so awesome. Seriously. We got so Canada is like the quiet family that lives next door. They always take out their trash. They're not peaceful and classier than us. They're peaceful and classy, right? You think? And then we have the partiers in Latin America, and they add a little. They they add a little more. I do. They're they're very nice people. I like it down. I'm very thankful. I enjoy your Canadian neighbor analogy. I'm going to come back to Mexico. There is some partying going on there. There are also drug cartels that behead people, and there are villages that live in fear, and the federal government is completely corrupt. No, Bono's fixed all that. He did. Bono went in there. He went to Tijuana. He was the ambassador. He taught them all how to ski. Thousands have died in Mexico from his lessons alone. Um. I just think I feel really lucky because I think we get. Uh, Here's how I think it's easier to agree with more you. of the Canadian people. Imagine if imagine if it was if we were next to Colombia, exactly right beneath us, and then above us was like the entire Soviet bloc. Right, we'd be in a different situation. It, look, there's tons of situations we could be in that would be a heck of a lot worse. We really lucked out with our neighbors. We could have done better. How? Greenland or Iceland to the north? Mm, I don't dislike Greenland or Iceland, but I I like I like the I like the two And then uh, to the south, Texas. I like they just the, become their own country. I like what these two countries really and around. these two regions are bringing to the mix for us. Really? Yeah, they're bringing a lot to the table. Maple syrup, hockey, and anything echo in Mexico. I mean, just even for piñatas alone. And Mexican food has been Mexican such a Mexican food is so gift. delicious. What a gift. And I think piñatas are the most awesome idea. And I'd rather be surrounded by Latino culture and like... Yeah. Which is uh, more of an Indian sort of feel to it. <laughs> but, I, you know... Mis sueños no están tan buenos. Hasta el momento que me, que te perdió, per te perdí. Right? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that was, but yeah. It was a lot of fucked up tenses <laughs> of me saying my life has not been as, my dreams have not been as sweet since I've lost you. Maskers. We haven't done maskers. I'd rather have that than having the, a Russian uh, neighboring state that was like, exactly. That means loosely translated. I'm not sure. My dreams are all nightmares. Nightmares of when the USSR was, you know, crippling our economy and our lives. <laughs> we have very open-minded neighbors for the most part, and I like that. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're really fortunate. I'm going to move on to maskers. We had a lot of maskers. Like 85 percent of superheroes, this is maskers. I want to read you the uh, Maya Penguina triple shot. M A I. Oh, I saw some of hers. They're great. P N G I N A. Yeah, I've been meaning to get to these. I can't afford to bury my uncle, so should I just leave him at a public storage? Like that one. Uh, what kind of net I think, should I get to I prevent think, my... I think yes, but put him in one of those sealable coffins. Public Otherwise storage. start to smell. But that's a weird one to play a monthly. Do you have to pay a monthly fee on a grave plot? I don't know how or that do you works. you buy it permanently? I'm not sure how that works. We better find out soon. I know. Yeah. It's getting to it. Getting to that point in time. She writes, what kind of net should I get to prevent my aunt from falling off her balcony? Uh, Definitely not a butter. No, not a butterfly net or fishing net. Get a ladle. Mm. Get a full, large, human-sized ladle. Human ladle catcher. Um, I just like that she's, she's a real family person. She wants to bury her uncle and prevent her aunt from falling off her balcony. These are four days apart, these questions. So she's got some family things going on. I mean, I think the fact that you're even thinking about these things proves that you're a good daughter. She's got some things going on in her love life. She keeps. I keep getting postcards by this guy I don't know. So should I play along? 
postcards. I love that technique. But is it po- is it postcards from a guy she likes? You're saying, or she doesn't know? I, she says, "I don't know." She says, "It's by a guy she doesn't know." Should I play along? Um, I mean, how does he have her address? Mm, interesting. That would be my first question. It's fun to play along with like an email that you yeah. don't know, or even texting. But if he knows where you live. I mean, what are you what are you wanting to get out of it? Because he could show up at any point and give you a French kiss that you didn't want. Mm, good point. Good point. You ever been Frenched against your will? French kissed? Yeah. Every time. <laughs> Fair enough. Winner, winner. Uh, no, I, French kissing the first time you tried it, it was kind of icky, right? First time? No way, man. I was stunned I couldn't by believe it. another I tongue was so soft. I was stunned by the whole thing. Tongue is the softest part of the body. Put them together. You got the only thing from French culture that I like. Because French fries are American. French kissing is sort of the s'mores of kissing. It's very soft. French toast is the s'mores of toast. I always fill my mouth with nougat before I French kiss. Do you? Have you ever French kissed a woman with nougat in her mouth while you had nougat in your mouth? Ugh. Is it great? The fusion of nougat. I call Mm. it fusion I like this one. This is Sean uh, Kometz. You know, it was like his stuff. So I guess maybe play along if you want to, but if they yeah. know where you live and you don't know them, so why don't you give them a postcard that says, let's take this to email, you know? I like it. I like what he's doing. I like his approach. I think it's uh, unique. But she doesn't know him. Huh? How the fuck did he get her address? It's so personal. We're not writing enough personal notes anymore, and I think it's... Uh, and you think they can mostly be I think it helps. I think it helps to do that. Wondering if he's writing in cursive or not. Does anyone? That's read? a big part of it. If he's writing in cursive, I trust him. If he's exactly, not. and if he's using cutouts from magazines, letters that he cut out, I'd say that's a no go. That's a no go. Take that. That's a no go. Take that to email. Or how about a? That'll a be type, my new catchphrase. Yeah. How about a? If somebody's coming <laughs> up to you with a gun and rubbing it against your leg, that's a no go. Tell them, let's take this to email. And you should seek help for your frauderism fetish. <laughs> or or if it's just written in, uh, uh, you know, those typewriters where there's maybe a couple keys missing. That would be kind of scary, too. Yeah, you that that's let's take that one to email. Folks, take it to email. Folks, ladies, take a break. Actually, Fellas, you're going to need to you hear know this. what I'm talking about. Fellas, get out of the room. Fellas, take a break. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Um, can I read one? Stephanie Lee yeah. wrote, what's more desirable, helmet hair mm. or hat hair? Mm. I say helmet hair. Well, from my perspective, uh, hair is most desirable. Yeah, that would be his perspective. But <laughs> if you had to have hat hair or helmet hair, what would you use? Um, hat hair. Really? I like mm. helmet hair. You know, bedhead is a great one too. But helmet hair implies you would do it. Then somebody's like, "What's with your hair?" You're like, "Oh, I had my helmet on," and to me, you're like, "Cool." What'd you need a helmet for? And he's like, "I always wear a helmet when I go on my electric tricycle. It's out front. I put baseball cards in the front wheels and the back cards. I just put spaghetti." <laughs> Boiled spaghetti. Sean Comets, I like this one. Is there any way to have a serious conversation on a waterbed? Yeah, if it's about the comfort of the waterbed. I think you can have a serious conversation, but here's the question I wanted to ask you based on this. Would you vote for a president that slept in a waterbed? It it lacks gravitas, doesn't it? It lacks gravitas. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that affect your decision? What about a president with a Tempur-Pedic? Would you respect him more or less? Would you vote for a president who gave you his sleep number? Like Like during the election? And I always remember, (laughs) my sleep number is a six. (laughs) We're going to sleep well tonight, especially using a Tempur-Pedic mattress. Would you... Vote for president who previously was in one of those ads with the wine where the wine doesn't spill on the one side of the bed. Yeah, I mean, he previously had done an ad for that. I don't think so. I, I will say waterbed is a weird one for me, but Tempur-Pedic, I'm saying, yeah, get the rest that you need. Here's what I wonder, though. When you when you both lie down on a Tempur-Pedic uh, bed having a conversation, 
does the conversation get deeper and deeper since you're sinking into the bed? <laughs> Figuratively or just I don't think you can break up with someone on a waterbed. Um, this isn't a maskers, but Stephanie Lee says, uh, sorry for the delayed maskers confirmation, but that four doors for more horrors license plate I saw was completely real. I think she meant cover. I'd be quite surprised if somebody could fit four doors for more horrors on their actual license plate. I guess he could put four D and then the number four M R. M-O-R, and then whores. That's even too long. Mm. But it is completely real. And we re- maintain that a sedan is not going to... It may fit more whores, but it's... No whores are coming to you saying, let's have sex because there's four doors. And I have three friends, and I only have sex when my three friends are present and have comfortable leg room in the back seat. <laughs> I like the conversation we had with Ryan about his car. Ryan... uh our, our producer, most often uh, yeah. at this point, he uh, sure, when producer. we can we can when we can figure out our schedules. Uh, Ryan got a new car, and uh, my first question was: uh, I opened the trunk and I said, uh, "So, how many bodies can you fill back there? Uh, can can fill up the back there? And how that, many bodies?" And I think that's, that's a, a weird question. That's one of the questions you. How don't many bodies does the trunk hold? Right is away. that a red? Is that a, sort of a, a red herring? What do you mean? Is that a dead giveaway? A red herring is more something that you... Red herring? That maybe you're a problem do you, but person? Do you, know, do you know what a red herring is? It's something that people think, oh, this must be the answer, and it's not. Is that an under-20-legged centipede? Is that a... Yes. Okay, yep. good. I think so. We came up with an... I, I think that'd be interesting if that's how you judge cars, how many bodies you can fit in them. And you, you know what it is? That's a fun one when you're shopping for cars. Yeah. You say, yeah. What's the trunk space? How many bodies? We t- you know, we're talking a guy we're from 5'8 to 6'0, maybe 5'6 to 6 foot. I'm thinking big guys. How many big guys can you fit there in the trunk? Is this yeah. a two? Is this, if you're, if this is a two big bodier? Can you put two big <laughs> bodies in here? Four small ones? Brian Rissinger writes uh, Can you call sex bedroom athletics? Yeah, if you're doing it right. I don't know. The women I've I've been with refer to it as disappointing. Oh, just that one word. Yeah. So not even bedroom disappointment, just <laughs> disappointment. That probably would have been the women I ca- the women I'm with uh, call it bedroom athletics. That once both of us have already won, you have to keep playing for some reason, and I'd like to to rid myself of this sandpaper and gravel feeling. <laughs> On the second round of intercourse. <laughs> second round? Who does it twice? I've never heard. I've only heard of it. What's I, your record? What's se- your record in a, in a day? I don't do it like that. I like to have sex for longer periods of time. Like one longer session? One longer session is better than a bunch of little ones. People that have sex more than once, more than three or four times, I think you're probably prematurely ejaculating. And you you don't have the intimacy necessary for the woman to say, "I really need you to stop. You're tearing the one thing that defines me as a woman to pieces." No, I think when you're younger, you do it as much as you can. I don't know about when you're, that. Like in high school or college, I was always, you know, we would do it's, it. It's more pretty. in high school. I would have sex a couple times at lunch. Sometimes that would be yeah. a really fun, exciting thing. Have a little malt liquor, have sex a couple times, then go back for the second half of school. That's always a special secret in high school to have, you know, because when your teacher's like, you're telling me you didn't read any of this trigonometry. You've got no trigonometry homework that you're turning in. And as I say yes and smile in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but I just fucked till I truck this afternoon. (laughs) While you were eating a homemade lunch, I was hitting skins (laughs) at my high school girlfriend's house. So, no, I didn't do any trigonometry homework. And I also didn't race to get it done as I was reaching climax for a second time, having the most inexperienced sexual intercourse a man can have. Yeah, at one, point, at one point, I was having sex with her for about 10, 15 minutes, and she said, TJ, that's not my vagina. That's the cabinet. <laughs> that's my bedside table and cabinet. <laughs> And I said, hey, baby, if there's grass on the field, <laughs> then let's play. 
And she said, that's not grass. That's a bedside plant. That's just a plant. And I put it on my inside table. And, and you are, you've been fucking it for 10 minutes and I didn't have the heart to tell you. But didn't you notice that I was feet away? And I said, well, you're still moaning. And hey, look, if this, if this, if this uh, trailer's a rocking and a moaning, don't come in and give a knock and start groaning. And she said, TJ, we're not in a trailer. There was no rocking going on. And that moaning was me going, oh, no, as I saw your penis chafing and splintering against the drawers that you were fucking sequentially. I mean, I was in I was in the first drawer. I'd pull out. I'd go into the second drawer. The third drawer, I'd say, hey, you really want to get dirty? Let's go back door. And she said, it's back door, TJ, not back drawer. I said, oh, I thought it was bottom bottom drawer. And she said, no, you can be a bottom and you can go back door, but nothing that you're saying is right. So I had to screw back on one of the handles, which I'd fucked right off the dresser. And I don't mean to be rude about that. I know this is all pretty dirty. And I guess it's the best time to say that while I was in Utah, I don't know about that to guy for Diaz, but they got a chicken beef shrimp slider that will blow your dick right out of the back of your asshole. And I mean that truly. It'll blow your dick right out of the back of your ass, and then your dick will find its way back to its original place. And that is not, you would think that's like a mind-blowing experience, but it isn't, because your mind wasn't blown, your dick was blown right out of your asshole. And as it fell and found its way over, and I don't know what you at home are imagining, and I sort of have a gesture that I use for this, but it's, it's just a dick on its own with the balls, sort of dragging the balls behind it. It has no eyes, it's a dick. It just has the little urethra for a mouth, and it's sort of feeling its way across the carpet, trying to find your leg to then crawl and drag the balls up your leg, which ordinarily would be horrifying. But remember, your dick has just been blown out of the back of your asshole from one bite of these sliders. So I think the whole time you're just looking at your pelvis going, ah, how did this happen? And the dick just makes it way up. And then when it reattaches perfectly without any scarring tissue, or any any signs that it would have been lost, that screaming would turn to elation and joy. Sort of a, oh, no, no, oh my God, thank God. How did this happen? Thank God it's back. And then that would be immediately replaced with the shame and the, and the secrecy with which you would have to keep this experience because you can't explain to somebody that your dick just blew out of the back of your asshole. That's never happened to anybody else. Sure, you'd bring it up in conversation with every TGI Friday said like, hey, have you had these sliders? Yeah, they're pretty good. But I mean, they were real good, right? Yeah, they were real good. Did, uh, did anything happen after you had one that, uh, I don't know, was... Unlike any experience you've ever had and something so terrifying, but then suddenly reassuring that that you would never tell another soul. And every person I've asked that to said, nah, what do you mean? And then you just continue to live in that shame and private, you know, self-loathing. I don't know. And that, my friends, is the employee of the month from Abercrombie and Fitch. That's exactly right. And I'm going to tell you, I don't even... I don't even put on some of the chinos in here because I heard they're so comfortable and so well-fitting that it'll blow your asshole right out of your dick. It'll just come through the front, pop out like a little piece of calamari, and you got to go find it and put it back on. And I do not want that. I want to apologize about heightening one te- step too far with a calamari asshole Abercrombie and Fitch Chino tag. Now leaving Nerdist.com.